Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Church Podcast. We're happy that you would join us for today's teaching. As a church, we're passionate about helping people find and follow Jesus, no matter who they are or where they are from. If you have any questions about Jesus, the church, or the teaching you're hearing today, please don't hesitate to contact us online at ericksoncovenant.ca. And now, let's listen to this week's teaching. Tom is still away on holiday this week, so we're lucky to have Valerie Comer as our guest speaker today. Many of you know Valerie. She's a longtime member of this congregation, and she's also a local author. She'll be speaking to us today on Delighting in Love. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second week of Advent. 2020, wow, it's been quite the ride, hasn't it? Perhaps this year, more than most, We need to overflow with hope. We need to experience God's personal love. We need to choose joy, regardless of the circumstances. And we need to pray for the peace that passes all understanding. We need these characteristics so that we can share them with the desperate, hurting world around us. At Erickson Covenant, our Advent theme this year is delighting in Advent. When we delight in something, we're, it, it's more than a casual appreciation. You know, we sometimes we're driving along, we see something out the window, and we go, oh, that was pretty, and then we just keep going. Or we might come across a, a, a piece of music we really enjoy, or a piece of art, and we go, oh, that person is sure talented, and we just carry on our way. But when we delight in something, then we stop. We take a closer look. We savor it. Um, We focus on the pleasure it brings. We we absorb the, the sounds, sometimes the taste, the feel of something, and we, we just, we revel in it. I sure appreciated Peter Hambry's message last week on delighting in hope. And it's my honor today to share with you about delighting in love and specifically what that means to me at Advent. If you ask anyone on the street whether they've heard of John 3.16, odds are that quite a few people will say, yeah, they've heard of that. So let's say it together right now, right where you are. We'll go to the King James because that's probably what most of us memorized it in way back when. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him might not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that Christmas in a nutshell? God loved the world. He sent his son. We believe and he gives us eternal life. Sounds like a slam dunk. In November, Pastor Tom shared a series called Living True, and he used 1 John as, uh, as a springboard for many of those sermons. He talked about the fact that the Apostle John wrote the Gospel of John and the Epistles of John, which kind of makes a lot of sense when you think about it. And a lot of times... 
in the epistles, 1 John and on, um, some of the texts really go back to the gospel of John and, and he expands on them a little or comes at them from a slightly different angle. But they're uh, an amplification, if you will, of the, uh, of the original, which would be the gospel of John, the story of Jesus' life on earth. So in 1 John 4, 9 through 11, from the voice translation, it says this, God sent his only son into the world so that we could find true life through him. This is the embodiment of true love. Not that we love God first, but that he loved us and sent his unique son on a special mission to become an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You hear the echo there from John 3.16? So much in, in common in the way that John looks at it in the two different writings. So God loves us, right? God loves us because he loves everybody. He loves the world, it says. But does he really love me personally or just part of the world, the big group? There's about seven and a half billion people on this planet today. And that's not even counting the hundred billion or so that have already lived and died. It's a lot of people. That's a lot of people for God to love personally, don't you think? Honestly, I kind of struggle with that. I sometimes feel like, um, like I'm in a big room. There's a special occasion going on, maybe, maybe a wedding dance. And um, there's a lot of people in the room. And in between all the bodies, I can sometimes catch a glimpse of the bride and groom dancing together. And they're just, they're just focused on each other's eyes. And the love is just, you can practically see it, right? But that's not me. I'm sitting over on the side with my back up against the wall. I'm there. I'm really happy I'm there. Um, I'm, I'm part of the whole production, but, but it's not personal. So how, how do you get that knowledge from knowing that it's true into your heart where it really makes a difference in your life? Well, you may or may not know, but um, I'm the author of quite a few Christian romance novels. And sometimes when I'm wrestling with a question like this, or frankly, quite a few other ones, I, um, I give it to a character and I say, here, you do it. You figure it out. Of course, that means it's me doing the research. It's me going through my Bible, um, reading books, finding blog posts, researching online, looking for commentaries um, as I help the character figure out how to personalize a certain life lesson. So a few years ago, I did this with the question, does God love me personally? And one of the, one of the scriptures that really came out of that is Zephaniah 3.17. And again, I'm going to read it to you from the voice because it, it just brings it so home. The eternal your God is standing 
right here among you. And he is the champion who will rescue you. He will joyfully celebrate over you. He will rest in his love for you. He will joyfully sing because of you like a new husband. Now that's personal. I can get on board with that one. In The Problem of Pain, C.S. Lewis declared, Why else were individuals created but that God, loving all infinitely, should love each differently? Did you get that? Let me read that again. This is C.S. Lewis speaking. Why else were individuals created but that God, loving all infinitely, should love each differently? Talk about a light bulb moment for me. I just, I just sat there and I thought, okay, um, Jim and I have, have two kids. And if people said to you, which is your favorite? I would go, I love them equally. But that doesn't mean that I love them the same exactly because they have very different personalities and outlooks um, they have different ways of making me laugh. They, they have different strengths that they bring to family issues. And so I love them the same, fiercely and passionately, but not exactly the same because they're unique. They're individuals. God didn't take a big ball of gingerbread cookie dough and roll it out and run the cookie cutter across it and go, here you go. Now you nice little clones can run around the world and I will love you equally and you will love me equally. No, God chose a much more personal approach than that. He made us all as individuals and personalities. Why? So he could love us individually and personally. We may struggle with that, but God is big enough to do it. He's not limited to um, the way we think, and we know that, but sometimes we need to know that deep down in our heart. About a year and a half ago, I had a a milestone birthday, and uh, my family threw a little party, I don't know, I don't remember anymore whether it was my daughter or my daughter-in-law, but she went searching online to find an activity for the girls to do, the grand girls. They were about nine, seven, and six at the time. And she found this, um, this sheet to print off, and it's entitled, Fun Facts About My Grandma. So it's a kind of fill in the blank thing, right? So my favorite thing to do with my grandma is, I think my grandma is funny because... But then as I read the answers down this sheet of of paper, three of them, and um, got some chuckles out of their answers, I got to the ones toward the bottom. I know my grandma loves me because... I love my grandma because... What do you think they'd put there? Well, I'll tell you. I know my grandma loves me because I'm her granddaughter. 
I love my grandma because she's my grandma. Now, I'll admit that these three little girls apparently had been having a great time filling these sheets in together. So uh, there may not have been a lot of differences in some of their answers. But th the answers to those two just really, really just got me in the heart. And I thought, they're right. They don't have to earn my love. It just, it just is. I can't imagine not loving them. I mean, I realize that at some point in their lives, maybe when they're teenagers, uh, they'll be too busy to hang out with me. I might not be cool enough to do things with them or, or be seen with them. And if at some point they, they choose to, to push me away, will that gut me? Yes, it will hurt. But will it change my love? No, my love will remain. They are mine and I am theirs. Nothing can change that. God's love can't be changed either. He created us. He loves us. Period. 1 John 4.19 says, We love him because he first loved us not earned. It's not because we're beautiful or smart or exceptional in any way at all. From the voice again, Jeremiah 31 verse 3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Out of faithfulness, I have drawn you close. Without Christmas, there wouldn't be Easter. Without the birth of the tiny Son of God, there would be no parables, no miracles, no gospel, really. There would be no crucifixion. And then there would be no resurrection. And there would be no life everlasting. Salvation would not exist. Hope would not exist. Love would not exist. Joy would not exist. And peace would not exist. So this Advent season, let's celebrate and delight in God's love for us. His unique and personal love. And give it back to him with all our unique and individual hearts. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. We hope today's teaching provided you with life-changing truth and valuable insight. We hope you've learned of some practical steps forward in your spiritual journey, whether you're finding Jesus for the first time or you have been following him for years. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by what you heard today? We invite you to share this podcast so they can be encouraged too. For more information or to ask more questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for the Erickson Covenant Church.